What's up, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Next Gen Tigers. My name is Thomas Woods. And I am Mike Spinelli. This podcast is a branch off of the parent podcast, Next Gen Athletics, which can be found on just about any streaming service. My good friend Trotter Scare started Next Gen Athletics with the goal of showing more attention to some underreported, unnoticed sports. Recently, I joined him as the co-host of Next Gen Athletics, and now I have the opportunity to be a host of Next Gen Tigers. The goal of this podcast will be to cover all things Clemson sports, and we will try to bring attention to some teams on our campus that might not get talked about enough. With that being said, let's put our chips all in and run down the hill. Like I said earlier, I'm Thomas Woods, and um, I'm from South Carolina. I'm a lifelong Clemson fan, and I am currently a Clemson student, living my dream. Um, I'm a math major, and I'm kind of just living up uh, the, the college lifestyle, enjoying going to my dream school and, and going to all the sporting events. And like I said, I've been cheering for the Tigers my entire life. So finally getting to live out this dream. Uh, Mike, tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself. Um, like I already mentioned, uh, my name is Mike Spinelli. Um, Unlike my uh, partner here, Thomas, um, I'm a new to the Clemson family, you know, came here for college um, after just kind of knowing what the school was my entire life, seeing them perform on the football field um, and in other sports. And um, I fully embraced, you know, the culture, the school, everything. And it's um, been a lifelong sports fan, love football, played my whole life. But now being able to be a fan and being able to follow it to its fullest degree is something that I look forward to each and every weekend and being able to get um, involved in sports that I've never really watched on campus is really big for me. And I think really important here at Clemson. Yeah. And like Mike said, I also um, played sports growing up. Um, I went to a small school, so I was able to play a little bit of everything. And so I'm kind of always been interested in just about every sport. Um, but, you know, going to Clemson, I think the main one for us is football. And um, like Mike said, you know, kind of the first thing that you look at when you're not from South Carolina is Clemson's football team and the recent success they've had. It's brought in a lot of new students. And so I think we'll start off there today talking about the football team, even though football season's well over at this point. Um, This year was kind of a down year in terms of Clemson football. And, you know, as a lifelong fan, you know, 11-3 and season doesn't necessarily seem bad, but... I bet if you ask Mike, the the season this year probably isn't what he came here for. Um, I mean, no, definitely not what I expected coming to Clemson. You know, watching them win multiple national championships while still in middle and high school was something of wonders. I mean, you see Nick Saban do it at Alabama all the time. And then Dabo Sweeney came out of nowhere and did it here. So that's what you expect when you come here. But on the surface, 11-3 and for Clemson doesn't look good. It's improvements from last season. And we're not going to talk much about 2021, if at all, but 2022 – was an improvement, um, believe it or not, even though it's the same record. So, I mean, not what I would expected, but I'm looking forward to the future, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. And, and Clemson did take steps in the right direction. And uh, an offense in 2021 that just wasn't good at all. Um, Tony Elliott, as the offensive coordinator, didn't do a great job. And this year, we had a new offensive coordinator, Brandon Streeter, who was a former quarterback from Clemson. And this year, the offense looked better. But there were still moments in time where our offense struggled. 
and it ended up costing us a few games. Um, the, the Tennessee, actually not just a few games, every game we lost was mainly because the offense didn't get going. And so we lost to Notre Dame, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And in all those games, it felt like our offense either wasn't doing the right thing or couldn't get going at all. And I feel like, you know, a few play calls here and there might have made a difference in our season where instead of being 11-3 and and not winning a bowl game, we're in the playoffs. And so it makes you it makes you wonder, Mike, you know, if we have a different coordinator instead of Streeter, what do you think happens this year? Well, um, in my opinion, people are quick to blame the quarterback. Although DJ Uyunglele wasn't the quarterback we expected him to be, he did his job to a decent extent. I mean, it's always easy to blame the common denominator from year to year. But people don't realize that Brandon Streeter and Tony Elliott are very similar and came from the cut from the same cloth, really. I mean, Streeter learned from Elliott, who then who Elliott learned from Jeff Scott, and their list just keeps going on and on. So I think the internal hires from year to year doesn't give enough change to Clemson. And I think if the play calling was better, even in just the South Carolina game in that second half, I mean the first half Clemson, I would say dominated. I mean, uh went up to a quick fourteen nothing lead, if I'm not mistaken, and kind of just died on the field and the second half was a disappointment so I think just if the play calling was a little bit better if Shipley got the ball more um you win that South Carolina game which is really I mean that's the root of root of it all beat your rival we didn't do that this year so I mean just that one game's a big turning point in the season Clemson's probably in the playoff if they win that game but even talking about games like Notre Dame where play calling stalled and Tennessee where Clemson just kept having opportunity after opportunity not being able to get points on the board in general, never mind touchdowns, was just a huge blow. And the offense couldn't pick up the uh, – or the defense just constantly had to pick up the slack that the offense was giving, and the defense was just asked to do too much at times. For sure. And I think, you know, the main reason I wanted to talk about football, even though it's not football season anymore, is that going the next year there's a lot of hope in the Clemson fan base and the Clemson community for what can what can be next year because – like you said earlier, common denominator DJ Uyangale is gone. He's at Oregon State now. He's transferred away. And so we've got a new, um, he'll be a sophomore next year quarterback and, and Cade Klubnik, who's only had one start this year, this year. And in both games that he played, he played very well, um, throwing for over 300 yards in both. And we've also got a new offensive coordinator from out of the program, finally. And it's Garrett Riley, who comes from TCU. Um, coming off of a season where he just led his guys to a national championship. And so, Mike, what do you think you're most excited for with, with Garrett Riley coming into the offense now? Um, I mean, first off, anybody could ask Thomas. He listens to me every day complain about the Clemson offense. And um, the Brandon Streeter firing was a surprise to me. And then bringing in probably the best assistant coach in college football right now and Garrett Riley is just left me unspoken. I mean, I think there's just so much to look forward to. You look at a team like TCU, who, no knock to them, but they're what some would consider a lower power five team with not great talent, but good talent, who probably wouldn't be able to compete with, you know, the big dogs of the world, like the Georgias, the Alabamas, even the Clemsons of the past. And with Garrett Riley, I think the receiver play will drastically increase. I mean, many people say he's a receiver guy. Quentin Johnston kind of came out of nowhere this year and put up big numbers. And, I mean, it's just – there's just so much to be excited for. And with Garrett Riley being able to groom quarterbacks like Kate Klubnick and down the road Chris Vizina, I mean, I think you're looking at Clemson to be a top team over the next – I mean, I think his contract's three years. If he even lives out those three years, you know, that's what we can all hope for. Um, if not, I mean, even the next year looks promising. Yeah, I agree. And I think 
yeah, this this move of firing Brandon Streeter and, and bringing in Garrett Riley, it kind of shows that Dabo will not tolerate losing. I feel like a lot of people have, you know, kind of gotten on Dabo recently for kind of being complacent. You know, we, we lose a game and he's quick to point out, well, at least we still won X amount of games. And while that's all well and good, we've been to the mountaintop. Clemson's won a few championships now. Clemson fans are expectant of the best. Dabo says himself, best is the standard. And if that's the case, we can't settle for, for losing three games a year. And so I think Dabo kind of made a point to a lot of people in, in bringing in Garrett Riley and saying, you know what, if, if our offense is going to struggle, I'll go out and I'll make a, a big hire and I'll make sure that our offense can get better. I mean, Dabo completely, I wouldn't say changed my opinion of him, but there were a few doubts, you know, as time went on, like top five coach in college football, arguably top three. And it's uh, probably top three, in my opinion, bias aside. And it's like, you get worried, you know, did he peak? Did the team peak? And when you're losing three games in back-to-back years, albeit this year's fashion was a little bit better, I would say, losing your third game in the bowl game and not early on in the season. But you think he gets complacent. You think he's okay with just winning the ACC. That's not our goal, clearly, anymore. I mean, he made a big move. It's hard to fire a guy who's been with you for so long. And he did do it. Um, He brought in some outside knowledge. I mean, it's similar to Brent Venables back in what I believe is 2010, 2011, maybe. And look where that brought us. I mean, all thanks to Coach Coach Venables, I mean, being here for so long, bringing us top-tier defensive talent. But, I mean, that's what we have to look forward to with Garrett Riley now. Yeah, and, and speaking of the defensive talent, um, I think one thing that people are quick to criticize Dabo on is his lack of the use of the transfer portal. And I think he mentioned himself that we're not using the transfer portal, we're using the bring guys back portal. And this year we did go out and get another quarterback from the portal. This two years in a row we've used uh, our, our portal to get to get one guy and it's a quarterback. But but this year he did what he said he was going to do. He brought back some big names on the defense and and Tyler Davis, Ruka Roro, Jalen Phillips, and Sheridan Jones all coming back. And you know with a defense that was already elite last year, bringing back some great talents and an offense that can be well improved. I mean the sky's the limit for the Tigers next year. I mean, the defensive talent that's coming back. I mean, you forgot to mention Justin Maskell as well. And I, there's a few other guys we're probably forgetting. I mean, just the, I guess, re-additions of Tyler Davis and Ruka Roro. I mean, two big defensive tackles who just dominate games and have learned behind great players. I mean, Brzee, I mean, big loss, but we have good shoes filling his That uh, now that he's leaving. I mean, it would have been nice to have a guy like KJ Henry come back, but, you know, we have people who can step up. We have recruits that come in that are five stars and can start from day one. We have guys that are buried on the depth chart like Peyton Page, um, Trey Williams, that could come in and play. I mean, again, although we're not bringing in true transfers per se, the retention that Clemson has of guys that are opting not to go to the draft early is just unbelievable. And I don't think you see it at every school, especially the top-tier programs like the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Alabamas. I, I definitely agree, and it's really cool that Dabo's kind of built this program on, on family tradition and, and just kind of everybody is kind of just loving each other and wants to play for each other and that kind of thing. This year was the first year under Dabo's reign that we've seen an opt-out, that being Miles Murphy. And I think it kind of just goes to show you whenever you have guys, you know, like, like Ruka Roro and, and Tyler Davis who could go and get drafted, come back for another season. And we, we saw this a few years back with, with, you know, they called themselves the Power Rangers with Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Austin Bryant. Um, those guys came back, or Cleveland Farrell, those guys came back and they, they got us a championship. And I think a lot of these guys, they don't just want to come to Clemson for their, you know, three or four years and then get on with their, with their lives. They're, they're really 
kind of bought into the program and trying to win championships. And I think the fans really appreciate that. And, you know, to, to talk about the fans for a minute, Clemson has a great, great tradition, I think, of if any team is, is succeeding at all, they get a lot of love, a lot of support. And that's not just with success. You know, the teams are always supported regardless. But I think this year we've really seen the fan base rally around our, our basketball team. Our basketball team right now sits atop the atop the ACC at nine and one in conference, and um, mainly it's because of how hard it is to win a game in Clemson at Little John Coliseum. Currently sitting at twelve and zero, and you know if you ask people that know me, I wasn't really a big fan of of Coach Brownell and and his team going into this year, but they've kind of shut me up. Um, Mike, what's impressed you most with our team so far? Um, again, Coach Brad Brownell. I mean. People have been calling for him to get fired for his entire 13-year tenure here at Clemson. Um, it's just year after year disappointment when we do bring in some talent. I mean, a lot of being a Power 5 team who plays in Little John Coliseum, you would say it's not hard to make the tournament. It's been hard for Clemson over Brad Brinell's tenor, tenure. But with this season, with P.J. Hall being a year older and being healthy, Hunter Tyson being a year older and kind of coming out of nowhere, I would say, yeah, he was hurt last year, but... I wouldn't say he was a household name in Clemson fans' mouths, never mind college basketball's mouths. And, I mean, you have transfers like Brevin Galloway coming in. You have, I mean, just guys across the board. You have freshmen that are making a difference, um, like Chauncey Wiggins last night. And, I mean, this team's just improved a ton. They're older, they're ready to compete, and they want to make a run in a tournament. They kind of want to shut the haters up and kind of be that team and be the powerhouse of the ACC for hopefully years to come. Yeah, and, and coming off of a quote-unquote bad season for football, a little bit of a down year, you could say, having a, a basketball team that kind of follows that up, playing really well, and the fans supporting them almost instantaneously, it's been great. And if you've listened to, to the Next Gen Athletics podcast at all um, recently, you've heard me say that in college basketball, the best ways to, to build a good team and to, to win games consistently is to have a mixture of of old, experienced guys with, with young, fresh talent. And I think you, it's kind of hard to win if, if you're looking with or trying to play with only experienced guys and, and or only talent. You know, we saw Duke a few years ago have one of the best recruiting classes ever and, and Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and all those guys, and they couldn't, they couldn't win a championship. And so I think, you know, what's impressed me the most is the way Clemson's built this team. Like Mike was saying, a lot of experience in this team. you got P.J. Hall, who's a junior now. Chase Hunter's getting up there. Brevin Galloway. Hunter Tyson's a fifth year. And and they've, they've mixed that with, with some really good young talent. Um, four freshmen really stand out to me. Josh Beadle, who's just a defensive monster. Um, R.J. Godfrey, who just is an all-around good player. Chauncey, Chauncey Wiggins, to me, is another guy that's been really special. And, and the way that he he can move at, at 6'10", he's... He's a big old guy, and he, he moves so smooth. He he almost reminds me, I mean, this is a pretty big stretch, but he almost reminds me of a young Kevin Durant and just the way that he's able to play so smoothly with such length. It's just really impressive. And then the other guy that's really impressed me so far is Dylan Hunter, who um, he had to start in his, in his first game last night in place of his brother who's been hurt. And this team's just got a lot of young talent mixed with the experienced veterans, and they've got a sense of pride about them now where – you know they don't want to just be another average ACC team. They they want to be the the top dogs, and so far they've been that. And I mean to play into their slogan. I mean this team's got a lot of grit. I mean they're winning tough games down the stretch. I mean that Duke win 
just a, I think it was about a week and a half ago, a week ago, and it's, I mean, they fought hard in that one. They were down at halftime. They were down early in the second half, and I mean, they fought back and ended up winning by eight points. So, I mean, and then another, the game right after that, a gritty loss to Wake Forest, even though the score sheet doesn't show that. I mean, they were getting blown out in the first half, came back a little bit, and then ended up losing by 10, but it was a hard fall at 10 points. I mean, this team doesn't just back down to competition. This team knows that they're not supposed to be here. This team knows that they're not favored at all. I mean, you hear Brad Brownell talk in his press conferences that he hates how the net, weight, net rankings work. Uh, work. Um, he doesn't mention it directly or explicitly, but he's a little frustrated that Clemson doesn't get respect. I mean, a, a quote I'm pretty sure I saw is that um, the people who make the tournament, the bracketology people, they'll put in whoever they want to put in and leave out whoever they want to put leave out. And, I mean, Clemson's fighting to get that spot. They deserve that spot so far. I mean, being 9-1 and one in the ACC, many would consider the ACC being the toughest basketball conference. If not one, then probably number two. So, I mean, great team so far. Hopefully they can keep it up down the stretch. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, I definitely see where Brownell's coming from because even when before we lost to Wake Forest, we were undefeated in conference play and only had a few losses early in the year, two of those being very close games. And you know we had little respect still they 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 put us in the rankings finally but it's only at 19 if if we're sitting in January almost any other year and there's a team that's undefeated in conference play in the ACC and they're not you know in the top 15 at least people would kind of look at them a little bit crazy but because it's Clemson University little old Clemson not known for basketball necessarily they kind of just overlook us a little bit and um I mean you know, finally we get this loss to Wake Forest but then you got to think, you know, we're missing Chase Hunter. We're missing um, Shefflin, Ian Shefflin. And he's just a great shooter. And so we're missing these guys. And I guess it's kind of a good time for us to be to be injured because uh, we've had an easier little stretch here with Georgia Tech. We have Boston College and Florida State who is underperforming this year. And all those games are winnable with or without our, our you know, missing starters. So it, it's been a good time for us to get some young guys more playing time. Like I said, Dylan Hunter getting his first start last night. And, you know, Clemson still dominated. Uh, Georgia Tech and I think Clemson right now is in a good spot where they need to win these next two against Florida State and Boston College and then Miami comes to Little John and like I was saying earlier you don't want to play in Little John if you're an opposing team Um, they've won 15 straight there 12 straight this year and it's just a really tough place to play and so I think Clemson's men basketball team has a lot to look forward to right now and um, I'll, I'll keep it on the basketball side of things right now and talk about the women's team um Better than I expected this year. Um, not playing great in conference play so far, but they they have impressed me this year in the way that they fought and, and competed in tough games. I mean, I'm not the biggest follow follower of women's basketball, but I have been watching Clemson women's basketball. And although not sitting atop the conference, although not having the most spectacular record at 13-8 and eight overall, and they are 4-5 and five in conference, I mean, they're playing against good competition well. It's really, can they put away the teams that they are meant to quote-unquote compete with, can they put those middle-of-the-pack teams away? Unfortunately, they haven't been able to do it at the best of their ability, but they've had big upsets, like against Virginia Tech, who sits at number 12 in the rankings. They played a close game against Notre Dame here in Little John last week, and the team's good. They have talent, a lot of it. It's just, can they go down the stretch, you know, maybe win their, or go far in the ACC tournament and get into that um, March Madness bracket? I mean, it's probably a tough road ahead for this uh for the Clemson girls, but they could get there. They're not far off. You know, win a few big games now, make a run, and you're probably headed to March Madness. So 
I, I agree. And after last year, I kind of was nervous about this team not being able to win games um, really at all. Uh, this team really wasn't very good last year, as much as I hate to say it. And, and this year, you know, they started off 3-0 and and then have a, have a tough loss against by far the best team in women's college basketball, South Carolina. And they came to Little John, which let me point this out. Little John for the men's games, just it's a fact. It's unfortunate. But the men's games are a little bit harder to win if you're an away team than if it's a women's game. And South Carolina came into Little John and really just disrespected us in November, won by 54 points. And, and they dunked in that game. And, I mean, it was all over ESPN. It was crazy. Um, so we start, we started off three and zero, lose three straight after that, and then you know, then we we kind of turned it on a little bit, um, won a few in a row, and then get into ACC play, and that's when it starts going downhill a little bit again. Um, we lose our first ACC game, and then then we play against you know at the time number seven Virginia Tech, and, and we win that game, and it's like well maybe this Clemson team isn't isn't you know as bad as I thought they were, and then then they beat Wake Forest two to start off this year, um. And and then from there it's kind of been downhill a little bit. Um, like Mike said, the the game against Notre Dame was a was a big one. Um, I really thought that Clemson had a had a good chance of, of beating Notre Dame in that one, especially when they kept it close throughout the entire game. And so, you know, they have the ability to fight with the, with the bigger teams, with with the uh, you know the Notre Dames, the Virginia Techs, the Dukes, and of of the ACC. And it, it's really all about can they take care of business in the games that they're better. Than the other team, the, the games that they're supposed to win, they have to win those. And then the games where they're the underdog, they have to find a way to, to compete and, and keep it close. And I really do like our, our chances um, of, of keeping it close. If if we can keep it close, I think we can win a lot of games. And um, this this team, you know, like Mike was saying with the with the boys team, has a lot of grit. I remember not too long ago, um, Hannah Hank, man, the, the Australian, she had a huge game. I, I mean, she had a double double. And, and just let our girls in, in a great way. And this team consistently puts up big, big games. And I really think this team can make a run. It's all about just like, like Mike said, like I said, you know, winning, winning the ones that they're supposed to win and then keeping it close down the stretch against the teams that are, you know, ranked higher than us. Yeah. And the unfortunate team uh, or the unfortunate thing about this team is that I would call them streaky, you know, they win three games, four games, then they lose three to five. Then they win two, one of them being a huge upset like Virginia Tech, and then they lose three. And it's like you need to find a perfect balance here, or not necessarily perfect, but a balance, and kind of instead of being streaky, being able to rebound off a tough loss and not spiral out of control. Because, yeah, you could have that big win, and thus that's good, and then you get game momentum. But once that big loss comes, this team seems to kind of spiral a little bit. Um, Like, for example, I mean, they get blown out by Florida State in um, Tallahassee, to be fair. But then they lose to Syracuse at home. Then they lose to Duke, which is, which is ranked. It's another tough game, but you're losing that one. Finally, then they get a win against Pitt, a big win against Pitt. They go down in a tough loss to Notre Dame. And, I mean, now they're trying to find that balance, and it looks like as of recent they are. But that you're not making it far in basketball in general if you're too streaky. I mean, teams of the past have been like that. I mean, we see it now with even some of the top programs ever. Um, UNC seems to be like one of those teams this year in men's basketball. Um, you know, they're winning a few games, they just get ranked, and then they lose three. So, I mean, it's just not a way you could survive in college basketball these days, unfortunately. Yeah, you, you make a great point. This team has been really streaky, and I think the best-case scenario for our girls' team is to just find a little bit of consistency, 
find something that you can go to in, in the in the tough games. We we have a recipe for winning against you know top ranked teams. We beat Virginia Tech. We kept kept it close with Notre Dame the whole time. It's just finding a way to to do that consistently. And I think this team really does have a lot of potential going forward. And I'm really excited to see what they can do. And I'm really excited to see what the men can do. Um, like I said, top of the ACC for them. So a lot to be excited for for the rest of the season as we get down the stretch into February and into March. Um, and then to wrap us off today, I'm going to talk about some of the spring sports that are just getting started. Um, last weekend, the, the men's and women's tennis got started. Um, they've had uh, two weekends where they've had double headers, and both teams started off 4-0. So a great start from them. And then um, the big news for track and field was that last weekend, Kiara Grant um, had, a, had just a huge weekend. She, she set the new Clemson and the new ACC record for the 60-meter dash, and she, she shattered that record. Um, I, I believe the old one was um, – I, I think she shattered it by almost uh, a tenth of a second. So she, she, was, she was flying, and so just great, great news there. And then um, a lot, something to be excited for coming forward or coming in the spring is is the women's lacrosse team, who um, it'll be their first season. And so a lot to be excited for in Clemson sports. And if you want to be up to date in all that's going on around Clemson University with the with the sports and just you know Clemson life in general, this is the podcast for you. Um, right now, you can find us on Twitter at Next Gen Tigers. Um, but for this episode, I think it's going to wrap us up. From Death Valley to your ears, go Go Tigers. Tigers!